everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Pause University Podcast, the podcast for dog people. If it's your first time listening, I'm John, a former animal cruelty officer and a former animal shelter supervisor. And I'm Jamie. I am a certified dog trainer and a canine behavioral consultant. On this episode, we're speaking with the incredible artist and bully breed advocate behind Pastels in Pits. So stay tuned. So we are joined today by Meg Fakel from Pastels and Pits. Hi, Meg. Hey, guys. How are you today? Good. How are you? Thank you for joining us. I'm great. Thanks. Excited to be here. Yes, I've been wanting to get you you on for a while. Uh, our listeners may not know. I don't think I've touched on this, but I used to be an art major. So I went to college for art before I decided to make the drastic change to dog training. Um, so when I saw Meg on Instagram putting out these really awesome pictures. Incredible. Like next level, when John and I first started seeing your stuff, he was like, I don't know what's the real photo and what's actually her yeah. her portrait. Got to go back and forth a couple times, compare yeah. the two. It's insane. Like you, and it's funny because like, I'm very similar to you. Like you take a picture and you basically duplicate it, but you are adding so many different elements to it. Like you're adding like a space theme to it. So it's like you're taking the photo and then you're adding other creative elements. I have to say, I wouldn't be able to do that second step. I've never been able to be like, oh, what am I going to add to this? And I think what you do is absolutely insane. Where did you get the idea of that? Thank you. Um, yeah. So bullies in space, that's a super fun project. I've kind of just been trying to incorporate along with my commission work. Um, so most of what I do, uh, in pastels and pits is these realistic pet portraits. It is commission-based and I get a client through social media, through word of mouth. Um, I've lived and moved around a few different parts of the country. And so I've kind of just been accumulating friends and inspiration that way. The Bullies in Space series is something I've been kind of creating on the side um, along with my commission work to represent the fact that we are our dog's world and every part of their day revolves around us. And a lot of my dog in particular, Richard, and a lot of dogs we've all met over the Hold time. On, you know, your dog's name is Richard. His name is Richard. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. <laughs> He's... I, he's a very personified dog. I will say I, he has his human eyes and he's a great, he's a great guy. Um, but you know, dogs love their balls, right? Yeah. Their tennis balls, whatever the heck they need. And so I have, uh, kind of been inspired by that and decided to create these atmospheric kind of a, like ethereal, uh, scenes, uh, reflecting that. Um, I also, you know, have a fascination with outer space because, you know, Hey, the great unknown, yeah. but it's kind of like been a space for me to explore, you know, this idea of the dog being the center of like our home, us being the center of their world and just kind of expanding on that, you know, I the dog's it. universe. <laughs> I think that's so cool. Like you, there's a reason why you didn't, you just weren't like, Oh, let me put space and dogs together. There's a reason why you did that. And I think that that's insane because I mean, I think I'm creative, but I'm not that creative. Like I would have never been able to come up with that. I think that that's amazing. And I, and I love that you're doing that. I think it's super interesting and just how you're doing it in general, like your medium and everything that you use is insane. So Let's get into a little bit of like how you do it, what what you like to use medium wise. I know you're doing like a bunch of different things together. So um, I mainly focus on pastel. Um, pastel is like one of the original, you know, art mediums. You think back in time, mm -hmm. um, it lasts a really long time, especially yeah. if you preserve it properly. And I was really drawn to it because it has such a vibrant like color to it. Yeah. Um, the texture, I love that it's matte. 
Um, especially, you know, I have started introducing some newer pastel mediums where you're seeing the sparkles and the metallics. And that's um, this really wonderful product that Pan Pastel makes. And I've been really incorporating those into my backgrounds. But overall, um, everything I do, uh, generally speaking, is going to be chalk pastel based. Very cool. So think about sidewalk chalk. And, <laughs> and it's crazy because it, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't necessarily look like pastels. Like when I look right. at it, like to me, it looks like paint. Because it's so fluent and so like beautifully done. You would never think that that, because you get like such precision on everything that you do. And like when you think of like sidewalk chalk, you don't think of precision at all. (laughs) Um, Right, right. (laughs) So like when I see, when I first saw your stuff, I was like, oh my God, she's an amazing painter. And then I looked at it, I was like, wow, she's using pastels. This is crazy. So amazing. I just love it. I could tell you're geeking out right now. I am. Sorry. You don't get to talk talk art very often. (laughs) I don't, I don't, there's no one in my life that is like art-based at all. So like, you're the first one I've gotten to talk to about this literally probably since college. Oh, I feel that, uh, you know, I don't know any other pastel artists personally, you know, that's what's so cool about social media. You yeah. know, it's like a double-edged sword, you know, here we find each other and can have a conversation. And I tell you what, a lot of my peers are, my, I have peers all over the world, quite frankly. It's, uh, it's really cool, you know, being able to connect with so many people and get tips and ideas and yeah. learn technique that way. Absolutely. So. I love it. So <laughs> how did you get into this? What made you start? I mean, did you go to art school or did you immediately like do this on your own? So I, yeah, you know, as a kid, I was always drawn to art. Um, you know, I did fast forward, go to art school. Um, I did pursue something uh, a little more, uh, I guess let's call it traditional right now. Okay. Um, I did go to school um, in Savannah, Georgia and ended up studying advertising and change majors to graphic design. Uh, so I do have a BFA in graphic design. That whole avenue has been really cool applying it with the fine art. The the pasteling, I've, you know, I've no necessarily like formal training in. I mean, I did color pencil in high school and, you know, the art classes are what kept my GPA afloat for the most part, to be honest, but it's just something I could never let go of. You know, like I love drawing. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like it's just one of those things that was like, all right, you know, I want to spend some time on my hectic, busy weekends, you know, also drawing. And, you know, I got Richard here, who's just cute always. And I love realism and was like, okay, I'm going to draw my dog, you know, and that's where it started. I drew my dog. I drew this massive Richard with new pastels, (laughs) these fat prismacolor chalk pastels on this massive, like 30 by 40 centimeter paper. Oh, don't you love when it's just like this big picture. It's just like right in your face up close and personal. Oh yeah. And I, you know, I use the gritting technique to get it down and, you know, I just, I've always loved realism. So I'm just like looking at this giant thing. I'm like, man, like I want to make more of these. Like, this is really fun. I get to have my dog on the wall with my dog. Like, this is wonderful. I'm like, there have to be other people that are interested in something like this. Well, that's that's what John and I said in the beginning when we started our business, like people love their animals. Like they pay for whatever when it comes to their animals. So it's a good business to be in. So bringing what you love, your passion into the animal world you're, there's a market. There is, you know, and it's, it's not a small market, but no. it is niche. You know, I mean, people and their pets, like the pets are just such an important part of our life. They are part of the family. And if I can love my dog this much, others can absolutely love their animals as much as I do. Like it, it's just a no brainer. So, you know, I, I was working in um, hospitality and, you know, doing school and a lot of my peers um, in Savannah, like most of us have dogs. And so I was able to get, you know, a few like friend commissions that way yeah. and just was trying to practice, figure out if I liked certain things or others. In the meantime, of course, I'm seeing all sorts of really cool artists and techniques on the internet. You know, this is back in like 2014, 15. So in 
Instagram is, you know, cranking with art and artists and hashtags. And that's how you kind of find people. So it was just, it's always been that side gig, like that side hustle, Mm -hmm. that thing that just like, I can't stop doing no matter what, no matter what job I'm in or school. And so, you know, fast forward, you know, I end up with this degree from SCAD um, in graphic design and the pandemic and life, right? Life happens. (laughs) And as life's happening, I'm like, let me just continue to grow this thing. You know, I can kind of go in waves because it's been that side thing, but I just wanted to keep growing it and just keep, you know, the connections I was making with the community was just, it just felt so good. And I felt like I was doing something that mattered, you know, being able to, whether it be a celebration of life portrait, you know, a lot of folks would, you know, just love having something to remember their best friend by, or, you know, someone who has just the dog of their dreams and just really wants something to remember and like memorialize them through their life. You know, you get a really good mix of that. And so here we are, I'm, you know, creating the brand, building my website, you know, making my cards and just really just trying to make this thing a real deal for me. Um, it. And it's been a really cool adventure so far. And I'm just now, starting. Did, did <laughs> so COVID kind of help you out here? Like give you more time to like relax and like get a lot of work done? Absolutely. Who isn't reassessing every life choice in 2020? (laughs) You know, like I just saw a meme the other day. It's like, did you picture yourself where you are five years ago? The answer is no. Like we didn't think we'd all be isolating and having to follow these protocols and, you know, people, just the health of crisis happening. So Mm -hmm. I tend to live very kind of um, opportunistically, very available. And at the time, it, it, it still is the time where it's like, let me just keep making art, keep growing, keep trying new things. And the amount of resources that are available online has just been crazy exploding. Um, just in terms of like the resources and the connections I had back in, let's say 2015, 16, they are just quadrupled at this point. You know, there's so many people doing art and doing these fun adventures that you just have so much inspiration just everywhere you look. That's awesome. Aside from it being such a good outlet, you said you listened to our interview with Sophie and things kind of happened overnight for her. Out of nowhere, everybody was interested in her artwork and she just kind of blew up. Yeah. Sophie is, you know, has actually served as a major inspiration with like kind of the mindset that I've carried um, with my artwork and what I do too. You know, she is very hands-on and researched into the rescue community. And the fact that, like you had said, she blew up overnight, you know, it's very telling of like the day and age too, because people become famous overnight anymore. And to see somebody in the rescue community just take off like that is, was just such a awesome feeling. People making her photos, the Pitbull flower power photos for their profile pictures and just Pitbull awareness on the rise. And that's kind of part of what I'm doing too, or want to be doing with my brand. You know, I am pastels and pits and that was very intentional. When Richard came into my life, I mean, I'll say this, I grew up in the Midwest and, you know, being in the suburbs, everybody, every other home has a lab or a golden, you know, I never had exposure to bully breeds mm-hmm. and I go to Savannah, Georgia, and I just start seeing them everywhere. My friends have them. They're out walking all shapes and sizes, different bully breeds. I'm like, these are really cool, interesting dogs. I've had really great interactions and, you know, some questionable ones, but Hey, like I need to do some research yeah. and you know, I ended up a friend of a friend, um, getting Richard. He was about a year old when him and I finally came together and it just completely changed my life. He's just so empathetic and eager to please. He's intelligent, agile, just all of these fabulous like traits that just really meshed well with my lifestyle. Yeah. And Perfect I fell fit. in love. I'm 
Oh yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I believe he's a Staffordshire Terrier. I'm, you know, I've done my Googling and he has just been wonderful. And so the conversations now begin, Oh, you have, you know, you have a pit bull. Like what's that like? Uh And it has just been one conversation after another. And it just continues. And everyone I have is just like changing somebody's perspective. And I just love it. Now my family has rescued two bully breeds. Um, There's a number of my friends who have also taken them on as well. And these are people that like from the Midwest just weren't necessarily comfortable or didn't know what to expect. And so it's really cool that I can have these types of conversations and see them turn into this progress as I see it getting homes. Okay. I see what you did there. So you had your yeah. friends back home get encouraged and inspired to do the same thing. That's great. It's it's really cool. Even my own parents. And that yeah. was really cool too. They just are obsessed with their their bully. You know, yeah. she's such a goofball. So it's it's really cool. And so with that mindset, you know, kind of, you know, this is where Sophie inspired me. Like keep the conversation going. Yeah. You know, continue to put these dogs in front of people and it becomes just more socially acceptable, more people, more awareness. It's just ultimately, I think of, you know, a good thing, which I just, I'm a big advocate for that. I think that's interesting that you said that though. Like that's a good topic to go on because like you have the option to inspire somebody and change the way that they're thinking. It's very easy for us because a lot of times when people say, Oh, you have a pit, like in that, in that tone, you're like, Oh, here we go. And (laughs) it's, it's really your job as an advocate for the breed to take a breather, to literally take a breath and come into it with such positivity rather than be like, well, why are you saying it like that? And getting super offended and angry because you have an opportunity there to change someone's mind rather than getting angry because you getting, it's like the Facebook wars. You you see people arguing and it's like, are you (laughs) expecting to change somebody's opinion by yelling at them? Cause that's not how it works. And so like, I think that's, that's really interesting that you said that is like, you're changing the norm of like where you grew up and you're saying, well, you know, he's a really great dog. Just like, and having him lead by example, rather than cramming it down someone's throat, but being there and saying, look, look at my dog. He's amazing. And look what we've done in these past X number of years. And people saying, wow, that dog is really cool. Let me, let me investigate. Let me, let me kind of get into that a little bit and see where it's gone now is that you have friends and you have family that have taken this on just from watching you have a great life with Richard. And it's not so much the way of like, you know, well, you need to do this and you need to adopt a dog. And, you know, it's, it's amazing how just, you know, taking such a positive spin on it can get us where we want to go way better than cramming it down people's throats. No, absolutely. Look how much we're enjoying life yeah. with our pit bull. This could be you too. Exactly. Like I always, I always post pictures of John uh, laying with Tasha and she's all snuggled up and I'm like, I don't need to tell somebody like, yeah, you need to adopt a pit bull. Like all I have to do is post that. And people are like, oh wow, that's kind of sweet. And hopefully maybe eventually down the line, they'll be like, maybe I'll get a pit bull, you know, change someone's mind. Yeah. It just takes curiosity. And that's how I found my path to Richard as well. Um, and I really am a firm believer in that. I, I, like you had said, I am not ever going to, I don't want to be someone that preaches or has to engage in something that's more aggressive. Like you need to do this or do Mm -hmm. that. Like nobody responds well to that, you know, but that's why I am pastels and pits because the pits element, I need that to always be there. I need people to wonder and question and read and see, Hey, like she's, you know, she really likes bully breeds. Like, Oh, that's interesting. Like she paints golden doodles and all sorts of different breeds. And yet look at her like Mm -hmm. representing that brand too, you know, they're just so, you know, disproportionately, 
you know, euthanized and need homes pretty badly. So I just hope that I'm just one person of many who can just hopefully inspire whoever, you know, I can touch in that way. It's something I'm passionate about. And, you know, I continue to look forward to doing more work and more things um, as I continue to grow in the future. But that's also back to bullies in space. You know, this is a series that is exclusive to bully breeds. Like this is something that I have. It's just for them. It started with Richard. Um, my second piece, there was this dog on Dog Spotting Society on Facebook named Nala the Hippo, whom I just have adored. And I reached out to her, <laughs> his own, or excuse me, her owner. And um, he gave me permission to do a piece on her, which was such a blast because she's just a roly poly little hippo. Um, and then uh, the one after that as well um, is actually a girl I went to school with, Baloo, who is just an adorable bulldog. Um, and I would, and I'm looking forward to continue growing that. And, you know, hopefully, I guess here's my dream with this one, you know, being able to work with some of the uh, Pitbull influencers, you know, that are on the social, like social media I follow um, and go from there and continue to just like create these really unique, cool pieces to represent that. Absolutely. I think that's so cool. I love that you're doing something special for them and it's, it's really advocating for the breed. Now, when you decided to make it pastels and pits, was anybody or like you in the back of your mind being like, wow, like if I do this, like I may be really narrowing down my audience? Like, was that ever like a thought in your mind? Um, you know, of course it was a thought, my man. And I know I'm a realism artist, so I overthink everything. It was something that I felt so passionate about that I needed it to be part of it, no matter what. It didn't matter. It did not matter. You know, if somebody was going to see that and not, of course, the instant you look at any of my, my galleries or look at my work, you know, you see that, you know, I work on long hair, short Mm -hmm. hair. There is definitely no limit to the types of uh, breeds or dogs that I work on. No discrimination at all. Not at all. I just, you know, at the end of the day, it's about that companionship that we have with our dogs. And I just love to create work that, you know, can really capture the joy that that dog brought. So that's, that's really kind of what the vibe is there. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So I was just looking through your Instagram feed. It's just incredible, especially when everything zoomed out in that like grid format. It's all photographs to me. They don't look like pieces of art. It just looks like, like realistic photographs. I encourage anybody listening, go to at pastels and pits on Instagram. It's just incredible. It's going to blow your mind. Yeah, it really, I, when I first saw them, I was like, are these like, you know, when you see, what is it? When you go to like home goods and they have like pictures that you can put on your wall and stuff, but it's like, it's like printed, you know what I mean? Like it came off a computer. Like it's not, it's not someone did it on their own and I see your stuff and I'm like, oh my God, like that literally looks like she printed it off the internet. It's so precise crazy like you like you graphic designed it like you overlaid space on top of a dog and then I see and I'm like wow that she really freaking did that that's insane I think it's because I'm coming from like I don't do physical art I I do graphic design John and I are different with that he does graphic design I do more natural so my only experience with pastels was like fourth grade art class (laughs) and I'm like how do you even create these elements like fur yeah. Or like the, the lines in an iris. To me, I wasn't even aware that that medium was even capable of... Of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I'm, my mind's just blown. <laughs> Every time you post something, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going back and forth. Which one's the photo? Which one's the actual artwork? It's crazy. 
Well, thank you. And hey, they're labors of love. Uh, these are not four-hour drawings. Um, I, If I'm lucky, I can get two done a month, to be honest. they, yeah. I put a lot of energy into every single piece. You know, I interview my clients and I like to learn about the dog, what, what it was like. I like to have different images to work from with one main for the composition. Um, and from there, you know, I just really like to render what I see but then also in, enhance certain parts where, you know, you see, I do these um, interesting backgrounds um, that, you know, these are all, you know, strategic to, you know, boy, dog, girl, dog, mm-hmm. or the color of their fur, the color of their eyes. I like to pull color from the eyes into their fur to try to like make in this, these are just like weird technical art things um, <laughs> just to really like make it a full feeling portrait, you know, cohesive. So something else I like to do um, with a lot of my uh, pieces that are celebration of life works is they'll give me photos, but you know, they've had this dog for 16 years. So I'll go in there and I'll take the grays and try to add color. And I'm able to kind of reverse age the dog to try to capture a little bit more of its youthful, younger side. Um, And this has, this is on, this has gone over really well with a lot of um, a lot of my clients and it's, um, it's, it's really cool. It's fun. I'm very technical about it and very realistic about it, but like, it's, it's nice that, you know, I like to really try to make these portraits, um, encompass as much of the dog as I can and their personality. And people probably seriously appreciate it because you, like, when you think about it, you know, your dog the best. And if you hand that over to somebody else who doesn't, didn't really know that, especially if it's a, it's a celebration of life, you know, you're trying to tell somebody exactly about your dog so they can emulate it into a photo or a picture. And, you know, I think because you have such attention to detail, that's why you get these crazy photos. Cause you just, you just get it. Like can tell you're very empathetic and you just, you just get that compassion part of this. Anybody can be a business owner. Anybody can like do something that they're passionate about, but you have to be able to communicate and really get what you're doing, get your audience. And I think, I think you really have that. Thank you. Yeah. I would take quality and really important pieces and clients any day. You know, it's not a quantity thing for me. Like I just really like to make, you know, the the little impact that I can with, you know, whether it's the grieving process or just you know, they want like a super realistic portrait. Like I just want to like be that perfect resource for someone. I love it. We didn't prep you for this question, but what is like one of the biggest challenges that you faced like starting this whole project? This is probably an answer that any realistic portrait artist would say, um, you know, reference photo quality. (laughs) This is kind of a technical answer. (laughs) How many times did somebody send me a photo and it was like so pixelated? I'm like, I don't even know what I'm looking at. Like I'm trying to zoom in and I'm like, is this a leg? I'm not sure if this is a leg or this is couch. There's been some bad ones. Yeah. Yes. um, I I wish I wish I had a more sophisticated answer, but quite simply, um, you know, reference photos are really challenging and it's completely reasonable. I completely understand. Thankfully, in 2021, we have these really fabulous iPhones and, you know, other varieties of cell phones that take great photos, you know, but that doesn't always work for everybody. And um, so I get just a mixture of um, quality and reference photos, et cetera. And so as an artist, the ways I'm really growing are finding ways to now illustrate or fill in the missing pieces, the missing data. Um, And that's been, that's the most challenging part of doing artwork for me, doing the realism is okay. Like I recognize, I see, I think I see the direction the fur is going, but I need to make decisions on the length of it. Mm -hmm. You know, what kind of colors I'm going to put into it. Um, The eyes, you know, 
it, you know, I really try to just make sure the eyes are just as spot on as I can, you know, because that's just the soul of the, your pet, you know? Um, so yeah, I would say reference, reference images are really challenging. Um, but I definitely take a lot of time on my website and during my consultation, uh, with my clients, like, you know, talking through the best ways to either get photos, sending examples, um, you know, talking about what would work the best for the pose, the composition. Um, I make it very open and I love, I really like make sure that we're all on board before I move forward with anything. So everybody has a voice and, you know, we can really nail it and get it perfect. You know what I'm thinking? Cause like that, that for you right now is, is the most difficult thing that you're dealing with, but because you're, you're not ignoring that and you're not, you know, trying to make it easy on yourself. This might be like a year from now, the thing that you are like the master at, and it's going to be like a breeze. Like I'm trying to think of how long, like reverting this back to training. Like there were a ton of, ton of things when I first started out that I was like, wow, I'm really not that good at that. Like I want to get better, but it was the thing that kept popping up. And the more I did it, the better I got at it. And I'm like thinking like that is very similar because now like that may be the thing that you're like, yeah, I got this. Like this may be the part of what you do that gets it to that next creative level. And people are going to reach out to you for that because they see that they see the difference that you made in that photo, especially if you're posting on Instagram, you're doing the before and afters. They see, wow, that photo was really not that great. And then they see what you came up with and they're like, wow, like that's insane that she was able Mm -hmm. to do that. And it becomes rather than like the most difficult part of what you do. Now it's the thing that actually makes you different from anybody else that's doing what you're doing. Yeah, no, I absolutely, uh, I absolutely imagine that. And, you know, it's, it has been a project for a few years now, like doing these and it, it even, I even surprise myself sometimes, you know, and you zoom in and you like really focus on the details and then you like take a step back. It's like, Oh, 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 okay. So cool. I actually did. Okay. This is good. <laughs> Let me move on. <laughs> yep. I hear you on that. Yeah. We lost our, um, our puppy. It was yesterday was a year of, of losing her, but she died at a year and two months. She wound up being born blind. She was going to be euthanized down in the South. And we transported her, her brother and a bunch of other dogs, um, up. Her brother was blind and deaf. And, um, we took her, we fostered her and failed. Wait, did we foster her? No, we just adopted her. No, we just adopted her. Yeah. So so we adopted her outright and, uh, she was born blind. And then around eight months she started having seizures. So we wound up having to put her down at a year and and two months just because it was getting so, so bad. Um, but she had such a personality and let me tell you, this girl is absolutely gorgeous. Like when you see dogs, you're like, oh, that's a really handsome dog. She is absolutely breathtaking. Um, so I think you'd have a lot of fun doing a portrait of her because she has no eyes and it's a little bit different than what you're used to. I would absolutely love that. We will have to continue our conversation. Yes, we will. Cause <laughs> what I think a sweetie. That, that would be a lot of fun and maybe putting like a fun spin on it, like similarly to like the space thing. I think that would be fun rather than just like a, just a shot of her. Yeah. I'd probably cry like a baby. Yes. Cause I, oh. you know, same, same way that you are, like, you're so used to making portraits for other people. I have not made one for myself, you know, like out of all of our dogs, I have no, other wow. than, other than my parents' dog. That was the only time I ever did one that was a family dog, but it's not my, technically not my dog. Yeah. Yeah. You, so little, you were supposed yeah. to do my parents' dog too. You, you know, didn't. and then we did this and I've, you know, it's been crazy. Yeah. And now <laughs> I, 
my mom listens to this podcast, so now she's going to say, oh, when are you doing that? When are you doing this? <laughs> you, you haven't painted in like two years. I haven't. Uh, our house is not that big. So like the office, which used to be like the art room, is now the Boston University room, which is the room that we're in right now. And there's no room for my art desk. So my art desk is in the attic until we move to a bigger house. Well, any desk can be an art desk, right? You just got to believe. <laughs> John would kill me if I was doing <laughs> art on this desk. Supplies. He is like my mother. My mother was like, you better not be painting here. And I'm like, okay, sorry. And I'm the type that likes to paint on the couch, which makes my mom nuts. Yeah, she throws down like a big sheet. <laughs> I like, like to be comfortable when I'm doing Brand art. new couch. Let me just paint here. No, don't worry. I won't get anything. And then you got red on, on our brand new couch. I know. When you're doing something for one of the uh, fundraisers. It's because you weren't helping me. But that's another. That's part of the experience. Day. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> hey, I work on a folding table. Oh, do you? <laughs> Good for Sometimes, you. Sometimes, hey, yeah. Whatever works. It gets super dirty. The only reason why I have the art desk I have is because it was a gift. John got it for me for my birthday. I wouldn't have bought it for myself. I was used to doing it on the couch. <laughs> now he's the like, get off my couch. Right? Yeah, he's like, okay, you have an art desk now. Stop it. Um, so, is there any other topic that you would like to discuss in terms of anything that you're doing, anything that's, you know, really on your heart that you want to get out to the world? You know, I will say I'll touch back on what it means to be able to be like a commission based portrait artist. Like for me personally, yeah. Um, there really hasn't been anything more fulfilling than being able to create these portraits for people. Um, just having everything as simple as uh, getting an inquiry, you know, having someone be interested, right, in my art and what I do, all the way to having a completed piece and my client sending me reveal videos or opening gifting videos. Oh my gosh, it makes me feel so good and just like I'm doing the right thing by seeing people, they're crying, opening these things. And you know, I just, it like, it makes me feel so great that I can touch someone in such like a different way. You know, I don't know them personally, you know, they don't know me. It's just the, the fact that like, I can do something that either, you know, like I said, like the celebration of life pieces to just celebrating the dog that they just adore so much. Like it, it really feels good. Hits your heart, right? It does, you know, and it's like how I've worked a lot of jobs and many of us have worked a lot of different industries Mm -hmm. and jobs. And like, when you find work that is like rewarding like that, you just can't let it go. You know, like, it's really nice to be able to do something like that for people. So you know, at the end, of like, I just really do enjoy what I do. And I know that, you know, it's nice to hear that that does come through in my pieces. Absolutely. And, you know, hey, I, I encourage everyone to be a hobbyist. If there's something you want to pick up and try or do, if it just makes you smile or you feel a little tickle, like go for it. Yeah. <laughs> because it just sticking with it and learning and doing it. It's, it's so important to do things that make you feel good. You know, I I think if you didn't generally like what you were doing or even, you know, the way that you feel about it, your portraits wouldn't look like that. Like you can tell that you love what you do. And I think that, that you can tell that about anybody, you know, any business that they're doing, you can tell if they really like it or not, if they're really in love with their job and you can tell through your art, how much you love this. Cause your attention to detail, if you really didn't care about it, wouldn't be that great. And your, your portraits are just insane. They're just nuts. Like I would never, I, I envy that creativity. Cause I, you know, when I do mine, it was really just, I just worked with acrylic paint. I didn't, I didn't like oil. It took too long to dry. It was very annoying for me. Um, <laughs> but acrylic, like I just 
whatever I saw on the photo is what I would duplicate. Like how you're putting extras in there and you're changing the color with the grays and stuff like that. I would have never been able to do that. My brain is very like one one job oriented when it comes to painting. I just think that you you didn't continue to push. Like you got to continue to push the boundaries and like yeah. get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And you, I wasn't comfortable getting no. out of my comfort you, zone. You definitely put yourself in a box. And that like goes back to what we were saying before, like just to continue to push and continue to be consistent and like better things are going to continue to show up. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you're doing is just insane. And I, I love that you're just advocating for a breed that needs some extra love that, you know, if you could portray them in a way that's so cute on these, these portraits and people see them be like, oh, wow, that's actually really great. And you could change someone's mind without even talking. And I think that you're just, you're just doing a really great job. Well, thank you. And hey, you know, my logo, Pastels and Pits, that I, I put my watermark on everything. You know, people like to steal stuff. So I'm very yes, aware of, you know, watermarking. That's my dog's head. Like that is literally Richard's head. And then <laughs> the handwritten Pastels and Pits in there. Now I have to and, look at it again. <laughs> and I mean, that's the thing. I'm like just with my background and marketing and a variety of other things and jobs I've done, you just got to stay in front of people. And so they're going to see my art. They might see my tag go, oh, that's a dog head. Like, oh, that kind of looks like a bully or, oh, it's pastels and pits. What's pits? They're going to cope. They're going to read. They're going to see I'm a pit bull mom. And I'm just one more person who's advocating for the breed. Yep. That's enough. Banning that's honestly together. sometimes enough. Now I'm looking at your your IGTV videos and you're, get, you're getting kind of techie with like the yeah, fun stuff was, that's going I on I was there. admiring them. Like I think la last week I was looking at one. And like, oh, gosh. I'm all about that. I'm all about like the videos and the, the edits and it, it makes Thank my you. skin crawl because I have no idea what I'm doing. Like this one, which one is this one painting, uh, pan pastel background with, um, it looks like maybe a St. Bernard, the one where you like showed all your pastels and like how you open it. Yeah. And stuff. Super cool. A black lab, you know, the video that's like a whole can of worms. Um, you yeah, know, let's TikTok go into that because I like I like <laughs> to learn more about that because I am trying so hard with TikTok and nobody likes me. They only like John. <laughs> I don't know what the hell is going on. I have like so many videos up. I try doing like the more fun and like like you know a little bit more um, aggressive, oh, and then good. I have like my informational stuff. No, nobody you, likes you it. Got John us puts about up one hundred and forty-five followers. That's pretty okay. Good. You literally got. We are like what almost in the millions. No, from you. What do we have? Views, but twenty. We had 21,000 and then you posted something and went down to 20,000. Exactly. Like we're losing <laughs> followers when I post. <laughs> what the hell? I'm pissed. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I'm having a, I, I'm really trying to crack into this myself. You know, Instagram went from like hashtags kind of being like the golden gate to exposure um, to now the way that the algorithms have changed. They want to see video content yeah. and they want to see people interacting with your video content exactly. as well as saving and sharing. It's not just a like or a comment anymore. It's becoming um, a full-time job and I'm exhausted. It is. And so trying to find ways to like document the process without it being like the most time, you know, it, it's yeah. all going to be time consuming. It's already but time consuming when you're, when you're doing art, like it takes forever. Like you said, you're getting two done a month. That's a lot of hours. Right. And then you're trying to videotape yourself on top of that. Right. It's so I'm, I'm, It's funny. I'm not even, I'm gosh, I'm like barely even old, but I'm looking at the 18 year olds going, all right, like, what are these transitions they're doing? How yeah. are they achieving this? It's magic. Why are they, you know, just look trying so to take easy. notes. <laughs> like they make it look yeah. effortless. I swear to God. I just said to John, before we hopped on this, everything I try to do 
technically there's always a hiccup and I just don't because I before meeting John I never thought that I was not technically inclined my dad works for Dell he's taught me computers my entire life and oh then she's I, so bad I, I don't so get bad. it I really didn't think I was bad until him I literally just try to put stuff on Instagram story photos of dogs right with their names and like maybe like a little um one of those graphics every single time I posted the dog it was it was coming up blank. Their photo wasn't there and it was just their name. And I was like, why is this only happening to me? That was such a simple thing. So I'm not, I just don't understand anymore. So everything that we're doing is just, it's, we're trying so hard. At least I'm trying very hard. John makes it look, it looks easy. But for me, I'm getting such like a, a roadblock and seeing you do that, like see, like it looks effortless, just like with the, with the, your little pastel cups and stuff how you were doing that lab you made it look so easy and I'm like how did she do that with like the circles that are bouncing off and you're talking about the background and I was like wow and I'm just I'm just not good at this I guess oh my gosh well this is fabulous feedback for me thank you um it's <laughs> I'm just testing things every time you know and I'm sure John you could probably speak to this better we could probably swap notes but the uh I tell you what I've been editing it like outside of the actual Instagram app I have not been able to figure out how to do a reel in the app to be completely honest but you know thank goodness see, having easy. a design background Adobe is where it's at <laughs> oh yeah I, we have the whole Adobe suite I just downloaded InDesign I've never used that one before but that's like for creating more like graphics like printable graphics we're trying to make our own version of of shelter assessments for dogs because there's a ton of mm. things on the mainstream assessments that we hate. Uh, like the assess a hand, will they'll, they'll have a dog eat their food out of a bowl. They're new to a shelter within seven days. They don't know anybody. They're stressed out. And then we're sticking this rubber hand right in their face while they're trying to eat. It's and, super creepy. And they're going to do exactly what you think they're going to do almost every time. So we're, we oh, want to yeah. like step away from that. We want to, we want to really give them an assessment that we can still see if a dog is going to guard from you, but we don't mm -hmm. have to use that creepy hand and push them. We like, that's not what we want to do. We don't want to make them more tense because that's unrealistic. Nobody's going to stick a rubber hand in this dog's face in a normal home, mm -hmm. you know? So we want to make it more realistic. What's going to, what's going to get them upset? Like I could just step towards a dog and if it's giving me whale eyes, I'm going to know, okay, they're guarding their food right now. If I, did more and I did use the hand, he'd probably bite it. So why, why push that? If we know it's going to happen, why push it? So we're working on a more ethical assessment procedure for dogs that are in shelters and rescues. And hopefully, you know, some will, some rescues and shelters will actually take interest in it and, and use it as their own, but I need to make it pretty and useful. Uh, so we got to go with like a nice chart, a nice PDF that can print out into, into sheets and make it really easy for the staff to utilize it. So I'm learning InDesign right now. Photoshop, Illustrator, and Premiere Pro are my best friends. Like you said, you can't do anything in the app as far as like reels. Like it's very confusing. It's very limited. But somehow these kids can figure it out in five minutes. And you're having me use Adobe Rush, right? And I'm having... Yeah, you were doing Adobe Rush. There's a bunch of uh, stuff in there in their yeah. suite. They have really good stuff. Yeah, I'm using yeah. Adobe Rush myself. I That's did it the been other my day. Go -to. I finally like ripped the band-aid off and I was like, just do it. Like stop using like the TikTok app. And it wasn't it wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be. I was like, okay, I can I can kind of do this. It's very new too, and I continue to love when they add new features, you know. Um, I, I spend a lot of time kind of online trying to figure it out because right now with the typography element, I'm sure John, Jamie, you both are maybe seeing this, like, you know, you're not getting the TikTok, uh, typography, right. Yeah. You're limited to these like graphic components that are already pre-created, which would be right. initially made in premiere pro. 
Am I going to create my own graphic sequence typeface in Premiere Pro? Probably not today. So you're kind of at the mercy of, you know, what's out there on the internet or what's, mm-hmm. you know, downloadable on um, the Adobe stock site. So just been like trying to like customize and create like templates for myself and testing out title sequences versus captions and placement. And yeah, that's like been my latest experiment, <laughs> just seeing what I could do with that program. Yeah. yeah, It's crazy how that's what it happens. That's what becomes when you have a small business. Like your, your thing is making these beautiful pastel portraits but now you got to be a video expert. Now you got to be a social media right. expert. Like you got to learn how to put on every single hat. Yes, That's absolutely. That nails two it. Of us. Oh God. It makes it easier. I would never. Well, so before John left his job, he was, you know, working at the SPCA. And before then, like I was drowning. I begged you to leave for a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I wanted you to leave because that you didn't love your job, but like I just needed help. I needed extra hands. I couldn't do it all. And definitely like there would be, There'd be nights where like you would be exhausted and you wanted to go to bed. And I was like, I need to get this graphic out. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I need help. (laughs) So it's, it's tough. And, um, you know, for me, I'm not super techie and, you know, thankfully for you, you did the graphic design part. I actually tried when I was in school, I, I first wanted to be an art teacher. And then I said to myself, I can probably do more than just be, you know, be a teacher. Not that being a teacher isn't enough. I just wanted to do more hands-on and like more creative things. And then I was like, well, that's not going to really make me the bucks. And then I was thinking of doing graphic design and I honestly tried. And I was like, this is, it didn't, it wasn't my passion. Let's put it that way. It didn't, it didn't keep my interest and I didn't learn. Like I would be in a class and like I would zone out and they'd be like, all right, now everybody try what we just learned. And I'm like, crap, I have no idea what just happened. It's tough. I could see that. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, graphic design is different. I thought it'd come more naturally for me um, with like having kind of just done fine arts most of my life. And that has been just the bane of my existence yeah. is being confident and comfortable so as it. a designer. You get it. It, it is super tough for me. And I, I cannot stay interested in stuff that doesn't like if someone's talking to me and I zone out, I'm done. Like, that's it. <laughs> Graphic design's tough because you know me. I call you into the room like 13 different times because I'm like, yeah. how does this look? And then I'm like, no, no, no. And I'll move some text over like three pixels. Like that's He's much a perfectionist. Better. It's bad. It's Oh, it's, yeah. It's tricky <laughs> that way. I think because you have control where you can move like an element one pixel to the left or one pixel to the right, then you get to be picky. You're like, yeah. no, I don't like the way it looks. Yeah. Yeah, I- we all know too many options can be uh, not exactly the best exactly. thing. And then oh. you end up putting nothing out. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you're, if you're not struggling with this, but like there are times where like John and I are like really trying to make something perfect. And we realize that like maybe something not as perfect would get, like would probably get people's more attention. Like we think it needs to be perfect, but if we put it out the way that it is, it's still going to get what we wanted, like that response. And like, we have to be more conscious of our time. Like we have to think to ourselves if we spend like an extra hour on this we could have done so many other things in that hour rather than putting all that into it and then nobody even actually appreciates the extra stuff because i know john nobody does that all the time me. nobody <laughs> no that's i mean that's all of us i mean that's even having like a small business like at the scale that we're all at where mm-hmm. we just wear all the hats i mean it is constantly a battle of time because you're doing the extra things that are just the free marketing <laughs> you know it's yeah. organic and fun and you can people get paid to do that you know, and like you're doing that and the actual product and 
13 million other things and Absolutely. trying to have a life on top of it. It's so, not a nine to five. It's, it's always, it's all the time. Always on. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. People will hit you up left and right all hours of the night. Exactly. <laughs> like I, I love it on uh, Facebook. If someone messages the Boston university, uh, Facebook page, it'll, it'll tell me within a few hours, blah, 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 sent you a message. You need to respond. And I'm like, I'm getting to it. Like, yeah, give me a second. <laughs> Thanks Facebook. Oh, it's crazy. Um, but we, we really love what you're doing and we're just so glad we got to chat with you today and, and really get into the nitty gritty of like why you started, you know, what is it, what's it called again? The, the bully space, what, what's the, the project's name? It's called bullies in space. I love it. So cute. So I, I love that you're doing that. And I love that you just took a spin on something that if someone didn't, didn't like pitbulls, let's just say, because there's tons of people out there who don't like pitbulls, they don't. And then they see that and they're like, if you just get one person to change their mind, you know, just from your photos, yeah. I think that's amazing. If you can get one person to change their mind, you probably saved at least one pitbull. Yeah. If you think of it that way. Absolutely. Uh, so is there any new things coming up for you in the future? You know, I would, I'm looking to do another bullies in space piece. Um, I've also been practicing, um, doing a looser style dog portrait. Um, something that isn't the typical 18 hours that I spend something that's more along the three to four hour mark. Okay. So what does that Um, mean? The looser, a looser portrait. So I've just been trying it out on, I've done like three so far working on my fourth, but realism is pretty open and vague, you know, where I kind of do the hyper-realism detailed portraits. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do something that was a little more fluid and looser. So bigger strokes, emphasis on eyes, because that's, that's where it is, you know, however, the rest of it, I wanted to force myself to not over, over, uh, render, just really kind of let it exist as it is. <laughs> I have tried that and it's painful. It's so hard. It's, it's like, the, you know, you look at some of the greatest fine artists and you know, you're like, Oh, Picasso does Picasso, but you look at his original work and it's highly detailed, rendered perfectly proportioned. You know, yeah. you kind of have to get it perfect first to break it down. It's kind of funny guess, how that yeah, works. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So that's kind of part of my artistic journey is can I not over render. Can I break things down? And make I like it a little that you're pushing simple? yourself. Uh, for Christmas, my my best friend she wanted to make these crew neck sweatshirts for her family. Like I guess her aunt and her mom, they all have like multiple dogs. So she wanted me to take the dog's head and just do. I don't even know the technical term of it, where it would just be like like two dimensional. An illustration. It, yeah, it was an illustration. So I was I was mm-hmm. using um, black marker, and it was just the fine detail of the dog's face. It wasn't like it was just using black as the outline, but no no like dimension. Like it was it was very flat, and like it I can't even I don't really even know the words to use for it. It's like image trace on Illustrator. Yeah, if you use that, mm-hmm. and I was struggling so much with not creating more detail. Like I had to look at other photos that she told me to like reference. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm doing too much. Like I made this crazy. It took me weeks to do. And I was like, this shouldn't have been this hard. <laughs> so having to like reduce what I wanted to do in terms of detail was so difficult. So I, I envy that you're even trying that. Cause that's insane to me. I know. I completely understand. I, I actually added a side kind of graphic design based element to my business. And I, it's separate on Instagram. I kind of, at the moment they're separate babies, but, um, I do custom graphic decals. So it kind of sounds like what you were just trying to do. And my whole goal was instead of just having like your generic, like family or a dog on the back of your car, I love my 
Pitbull. Yeah. I actually create illustrations uh, based on the literal, again, image of your dog. And I make white vinyl. So the negative space is the black of your windshield. Yes. And the white part is the main part. It's like I said, kind of like a side thing. And, you know, I, I've actually been doing a number of those. They're super fun, you know, and they're a really uh, reasonable price point for people. And the best part, you could even screenshot your friend's Instagram photo of their Frenchie, send it to me and I can work from it because I don't need all the detail, you know, that I have for my regular portraits. So, you know, that's just uh, trying to bridge the graphic designer with the fine artist, you know, so you know, Apple pencil, iPad pro, and uh, just going at it. (laughs) We'll have you do our three dogs, put it right on the truck. Yeah, that's true. I yeah, see, that's that. the goal. I, I think it's so much more custom and so yeah. much more fun. I just, I can't leave the custom realm. I just no, love, I love the personalization. The love that. <laughs> they want their stuff. They want things that are for them. And yes. I, it's, it's always going to be a market, always. So it's it's a good business to be in. From a business aspect, that's really smart. One, to do those like looser portraits that don't take as much time. It makes you a better artist. You know, it really works that muscle. And then at the same time, it's more scalable. You know, you have to eat, you have to pay bills. So one one portrait every every two weeks is not exactly sustainable. So that's where the business mind comes into it. And it's like, all right, well, how do I not put out these huge pieces, but still have some type of revenue flow? So that's really smart from a business perspective. And then on top of that, getting more skills in graphic design, then it just makes you a better artist. Yeah, absolutely. You know, of course, well, I shouldn't say of course, but you know, scaling is for me on my mind, at least because, you know, I'm a one man show running around like a crazy person Mm -hmm. trying to also like be a human and have friends. Right. And (laughs) (laughs) like actual friend time, you know, Um, you know, so, you know, having like the scale, like, you know, for like the, you know, the illustrations or the decals, for instance, you know, I can imagine like, having someone try to just, you know, copy my style and can illustrate remote. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things to do. Cause then I also do production, which, you know, I, I have a cricket and I buy like outdoor vinyl. That's good for a number of years. And it's really kind of cool. Um, and I'll shoot you guys a link. You can see that, but, um, ultimately like I just need either more time, which is probably not going to happen in my favor. Uh, but, uh, just like, you know, it's good to collaborate and good to chat with other people and just kind of like continue to see where I can focus my energy and like, what's the most impactful, you know? Yeah. So absolutely. But testing and trying, Hey, that's how you grow. You gotta, you gotta try things. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, where can our listeners find you? I am in quite a few places. Um, Instagram is probably my, my best home. Um, it's at pastels and pits. I update that the most and you're going to find most of my video content and just live updates there. Otherwise I do have a website. It's www.pastelsandpits.com. And I do have a Facebook page for our Facebook audience. Um, and that is also pastels and pits. Uh, I am just the same across the board there. (laughs) No, it's easy. That's how we are. Yes. And are you on TikTok as well now? I am not on TikTok. <laughs> I won't do it. <laughs> Good. You. No, you I am just it's a, a sickness. It's addicting, it, but it, you're not going to see a whole lot of conversion no. over to your other platforms. I don't think we over have to your website. No, you don't get a lot of conversion from there. People follow you and they never see your stuff again. So. Yeah. For some of the kids, you know, they'll make Funny. their content on TikTok and cross post it. Yeah, and, that's and, what I've been doing. And I see... Yeah. And I see, I absolutely see value in that. Um, I guess I just don't want to have to learn yet another software program. I guess that's just where it is for me. It ends at TikTok. (laughs) But I do find it to be a sickness. Like 
you get on there and then you're going to watch other people's stuff and then you're not going to be doing any portraits. It's, it really, right. yeah, yeah. no. There's some nasty people in there too. Bad. Mean no, comments. mean. People are mean and I don't need any more of that, so. Like it's, you'd find somebody who has never picked up an instrument to make art in their life and they're like, oh, your stuff sucks. And it's like, okay. I literally. They just want to hurt you. I put up something the other day and John was talking about the thing that made us lose followers. And I, and this is the thing. I'm, I'm authentic. So I'm not going to like, I'm not going to curb myself. So I don't lose followers. Like if you don't like what I'm saying that I don't want you to be my follower anyway, you're not my tribe. So I posted something about adopt, don't shop and people who have purebred sometimes get offended by that. Um, so I had somebody comment on my TikTok saying that yeah, like they were being super snarky and they were like, yeah, uh, let that happen. So if, you know, if we do that, if we, if we don't get from breeders, then we're going to like the, the shelters were going to be overrun or something. Like it was something so strange. I was like, that is so backwards from what I was trying to say. Like that doesn't even make any sense, but you're so mad that I, that I don't agree with what you do from a dog standpoint that you had to comment that like you turned it around. I was like, this is not what this is supposed to be for at all. Internet trolls, they'll find you everywhere. Yeah. It's bad. Even in real life, (laughs) they're everywhere. I think the lesson here is stay true to yourself. Yeah. That's what I always try and tell you. Like, don't change the way that you talk or change the things that you say, because if we continue to gain followers and and we get bigger and bigger, it's going to come to a point where you're like, I can't even be myself. I got to watch everything I post because half these people will leave in a day because they don't actually like me for me. They like me for this this persona that I put on for this long. So that's why everything we do is authentic. We don't, if we hurt feelings, and I'm sorry I hurt your feelings, but that's how I feel about it. It wasn't intentional. Just care about dogs. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's a great takeaway. And I'll piggyback on that with, you know, at least we're starting conversations. Yep. You know, so many people can just live under a rock, but when it's in their face or whatever it is, whoever needs to like realize that there's actually extremely wonderful, rescuable dogs out there and plenty of them that would fit their family's lifestyle. Yep. Let's have the conversation, you know, let them start seeing how popular it is to rescue because I, I mean, heck, let's make that a fad. Let's have that be the trend. Right. And it kind of is in a lot of communities. I'll well, tell you in COVID, Savannah, very popular to rescue. Yeah? Oh, yeah. It was wonderful. Cool. So what's, I know you were, I was going to ask you earlier, and then we got, we talked about something else. I totally lost my question. But I remember you saying that you went to school in Savannah. What is like the pit bull culture down there? Is it is it like very different than other places? Like, are they really, really in love with the pit down there? You know, it's, I can only speak from, you know, my experience there. I mean, I was there for about five and a half years and in Savannah most of the time, but I lived outside of the city a little in the suburbs, et cetera. Um, I would say generally speaking, you have a, like a big mix because you do have a lot of animal cruelty and the dog fighting and a lot of just that tit, like, I would just say from like a rescue standpoint, like typical, just dog abuse yeah. that you would assume is in the South that exists. Absolutely. Yeah. However, There are a lot of young people rescuing dogs. You see a lot of pit bulls out socially. I think Um, you see a lot of too. I would say that's very similar. Obviously, you know, animal cruelty happens in New Jersey, but there's dog fighting that goes on and it's actually tied directly to what goes on down in Georgia. They're all Mm -hmm. linked. You know, there's a whole supply chain of dogs and they have this whole hierarchy of who has the best dog. And, you know, Mm -hmm. they breed puppies with this, this female and then, like, there's people up in New Jersey that'll pay a lot of money or do what they have to do to get their hands on a dog that could be all the way in Georgia. Um, we actually had a raid that was 
off of the Michael Vick thing back in, was that 2007? Oh, God, yeah, it was a while ago. That investigation has been nonstop, and they continue to raid houses based off of that, even up until right after the Howell Hoarding case in 2015. 16. 16. So I was the lead officer on the Howell Hoarding case where we had the 276 dogs plus uh, 30-something after the fact that were born because uh, the mothers were pregnant. And two days later, I believe it was, we did a raid in Asbury Park for a house that was involved in the breeding that was linked to the Michael Vick ring. Can you imagine how many sections of dogs there are that are linked to that? It's that's And that's like... That's the hard work that the USDA is doing in the background. Nobody knows about it. They all think it's like, you know, it's the FBI or whatever. It's actually the USDA's OIG, which is the uh, Office of Inspector General. And they have a whole dogfighting task force within them. And, you know, they just, once they are local, once they find something, in let's say they pinpoint Asbury Park, then they get the prosecutor's office involved, Asbury Park involved, the SPCA involved, which is the prosecutor's office now. Yeah, it's just crazy. It's all entangled. So the animal cruelty that goes on down in the south as far as dogfighting, is absolutely linked to what goes on up here. It's crazy. And ultimately, you know, the connection here is we could uh, we could talk about how, you know, the bully breed or the pit bull was the nanny dog until we're blue in the face, yep. you know, because that breed was, it, it always has been so empathetic and so trainable and so loyal. And there's such a long list of attributes that generally these dogs are going to have, right? And the quicker we shut down this hyper aggressive breeding and the fighting and the cruelty and the abuse, the quicker we shut all of that down, the better off our entire community is the entire, you know, foundation and the whole entire just dog space of the United States just to start there. You know, that's the thing. Like people, when they hate pit bulls, I'm like, you don't hate the pit bull. You hate the, you hate the pit bull game. That's what you really hate. You hate the fact that there are people out there that are training these dogs horribly, and those are the dogs that you're seeing. It's not the dog's fault. It's the people who are doing this. So if we, like you said, shut that down, that whole image goes away. You know, over years, it'll it'll subside, and we'll have these amazing dogs like we always had if they're in the right hands, and that's what it really comes down to. All right, so you want to finish this up? So on top of the, the pastel portraits, where can people find your decal uh, business? If you're interested in having a super custom cute decal of your pet for the back of your car, it is at Pastels and Pits Decals. Super easy to find me. And you can also <laughs> check the link in my bio. Awesome. Perfect. And I'll put the links to all of your stuff in the show notes for this episode. So if you're listening, uh, go check out the artwork. And if you're really interested, you should definitely get a piece commissioned. What is your current turnaround time? For at, right now, it's February 23rd. So obviously, that's going to change. But uh, right now, we'll yeah. do the turnaround. Um, so generally, I um, it, based on my current lineup, you know, I'm booking for May and June 2021 right now. And um, it kind of just rolls from there. But I'm very upfront with, you know, my commission times. And I'm also very flexible. So if you have a special event or something that you would like to have it finished by, it's definitely great to reach out and uh, book with me ahead. I just take a small deposit to hold your spot nice. and we deal with everything else upon completion and your approval. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. I really encourage anybody listening, even if you're not interested in getting a, a piece commissioned, go look at her artwork, follow just cause it's going to be a huge journey. And I see a blue check mark in your future. Absolutely. That's for sure. Because <laughs> it just looks like you're just blowing up. She reminds me of a young Sophie. That's a huge compliment. <laughs> that is. You guys are so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you for joining us today. We love chatting with you and learning about how you got into this 
craziness and amazing artwork that you do. We really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great conversation. Mm -hmm. I look forward to keeping in touch. Absolutely. Have a great day, Meg. That's all we have for this episode. As usual, you can follow us on Instagram at Possum University. Please like, subscribe. Um, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a five-star review. And if you'd like to support the show so we continue making this podcast, you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash possum and buy us a coffee or two. We'd really appreciate it. Until next week. Class dismissed.